and welcome to Palm Sunday here at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Leading worship today are Tim Blum and Miles Burrell. Our storytellers today are Dr. Tom and Lucy. Our music director, choir director, organist, and pianist is our beloved David Berry. And I am the Reverend Susan Brazier. Please join me in the call to worship. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus is coming, Hosanna. He comes to us riding on a donkey, Hosanna. Open wide the gates, Hosanna. Let us welcome him with branches and songs of praise. Jesus is coming, Hosanna to the King of Kings. creation. You give us days filled with parades, bands, and balloons. You walk with us through days when we are overwhelmed with pain, with doubt, and with heartache. We would empty ourselves so we could make room for you in our hearts. God of humility, trusting God, you offer life so we may no longer fear death. Loving God, you challenge the powers of the world. Following God, you reveal the faith, faithfulness to us. We would empty ourselves so we could make room for you in our hearts. God of wisdom, you come to us with arms full of joy, spreading it in our path. You take us by the hand to walk us through this week. We would empty ourselves so we could make room for you in our hearts. Holy God, on this morning of palms and praise, on this morning of excitement and expectations, on this morning brimming hope at the beginning of a week that winds through the Gethsemane and Golgotha, we would empty ourselves so we could make room for you in our hearts. Amen. Hi, Hi, Lucy. How are you? What you doing? What oh, you doing? I, I've got a story for you today. For me? Yes, a story I, about I Jesus. I love stories. Oh, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. What about Jesus? Jesus riding into Jerusalem. <gasps> yeah. Like like a big parade? Well, sort of like a parade, yes. I love, I love, I love parades. <laughs> I do. Did, did I do Jesus, too, Lucy. Did Jesus yes. ride? Did Jesus ride? On a circus float? No. What, not what about a circus what about float? A big, he rode on what about a, a big, big horse. No. Nope. Big horse. He didn't ride on a big horse either. Oh. He rode on a little donkey. A donkey? Yes. He rode on a little donkey. Oh. Look, this is what it says. It says, Now when they came near to Jerusalem, Jesus sent two disciples, saying two disciples. to them, Which yes. two disciples? Oh, Lucy, I don't know which two disciples. Oh, 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 could it be, could it be Susanna, 
I love the stories about Susanna yeah. and Joanna and Mary. Oh, 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 Dr. Tom. Yes. It could be Susanna and Thomas. <laughs> well, Lucy, it doesn't say, but if you want Susanna and Thomas. Okay. Susanna and Thomas. So, Jesus sent his two disciples. To Susanna and Thomas. Okay, Susanna and Thomas. And he said, go into the village there ahead of you where on entering you'll find a young donkey tied up that has never been ridden. Never but, been ridden, but 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 no, Dr. Okay. Tom, Dr. Tom, yeah. you said this was a you said this was a big parade. Yes. A big parade. Big and, parade. and how would the donkey know what it was doing if it had never been ridden before? I I don't know, Lucy. You oh. ask good questions, you know. It didn't have any experience, but Jesus said to the two disciples to so, untie the little donkey. And bring it to him. And, yeah, and he said, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say to them, the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. Yes. But, but, but Dr. Tom, I, I didn't think Jesus ever needed anything. Well, actually, Lucy, this is the only story in the Bible that I know that says that Jesus needed anything. Oh, I, I bet... The little donkey liked being needed. Dr. Tom, I like it. I like it when people need me. Lucy, I think that you're probably right. You know, I hadn't thought about that before. See? Jesus needed this little donkey. Even with no experience, he needed this little donkey to help him. Just like Jesus needs us. <gasps> us? Yes. He needs us, even when we don't know what we're doing, to come along and help him too. <laughs> what happened oh, yeah. next to the story? Oh, well, let's take a look. And they brought the donkey to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks over its back, and they helped Jesus get on, and as Jesus maybe, rode... Maybe Jesus didn't know how to ride if they had to help him. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't... As Jesus rode into Jerusalem... People put their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees, and they spread them out on the road, and everyone shouted in excitement to see Jesus. I would shout in excitement, too, if I saw Jesus. And I would, too. All hail the mighty King, hail our Savior, praise our Savior. All hail the mighty King, riding on a donkey. Was you ever in Bethlehem? Hail our Savior, praise our slave. Talking with the three wise men, he shall be our Savior. All hail the mighty King. Hail our Savior, praise our Savior. All hail the mighty King, riding on a donkey. Was you ever in Nazareth? Hail our Savior, praise our Savior. Where he healed the blind and deaf, he shall be our Savior. Savior, praise our Savior, to lay down palms and worship Him, He shall be 
hail our Savior, praise our Savior, all hail the mighty King riding on a donkey. Please pray with me. God of truth and wisdom, Jesus, your living word, confronted those who stood against him with your truth. Send us your Holy Spirit to hear your truth again in his story. Inspire us with his courage and conviction that we may love you more fully and serve you with wisdom and truth. Amen. The epistle lesson this morning is from Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Our Psalm this morning is 118 verses 1 and 2 and 19 to 29. give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you. O Lord, O Lord, we beseech you. Give us success. Blessed is the one who come in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 
for his steadfast love endures forever. Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Just about every Christian I know has some special piece of scripture that they retreat to, that they lean on or they invoke when things get really difficult. You all already know about my incredible fondness of Paul's letter to the Philippians. As I preached last fall, Philippians is for me the Swiss army knife of all scripture. It has everything, including the wonderful image we heard Tim read for us this morning on the nature of Christ, of Christ as a servant, calling us to be humble servants too. But there is another story that I cleave to when I feel utterly overwhelmed by life. And that is of the little donkey found in this morning's Gospel reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Listen now for the word of God. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a young donkey that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found the colt tied near the door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the donkey? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heavens. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already quite late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our Gospel lesson is set at the time of Passover. Passover, as you know, is a great festival celebrating freedom. Freedom of the Jews in Egypt from bondage to be God's people. Jesus and his followers, his disciples, have traveled from Galilee to Jerusalem to be where the action is for the high holy days of the Jewish calendar. When we think of Jesus and his disciples, we often think of the 12 named male disciples. But truth be told, there were many, many more people who traveled with him who were also identified as disciples. All four Gospels identify a group of women who were present at this Passover. Named among them are Susanna, Joanna, Mary Magdalene, and Salome. 
these women disciples become very important in next Sunday's story at Easter, and we'll wait to talk about them. In our story this morning, as Jesus and his companions get close to Jerusalem, Jesus instructs two unnamed disciples to bring him a donkey from a nearby village. I have often wondered why Jesus would need a donkey. Jesus has just walked from Galilee to Bethany over 80 kilometers. Jesus walked all over Palestine, and now he needs a donkey to travel three kilometers from Bethany to Jerusalem? Why would Jesus need a donkey? Quite honestly, this is the only place in the Gospels where Jesus needs anything. This is so unusual that it seems to signal that something important is about to happen. So I start reading the text even more intently and look for what these events might be. Jesus' disciples come back with the little donkey, throw their coats on this tiny beast, and Jesus got on and started to ride. Everybody is shouting praises and adoration to Jesus and something else. They shout, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming of the kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna, my friends, is not hallelujah. Hosanna. Hosanna means save us. The people along the way are shouting, save us. People oppressed by so many things, including Roman occupation, cry out to Jesus to save us. They put their clothes and branches on the ground as Jesus rides on the donkey. Now, it is significant that Jesus enters Jerusalem traveling exactly the same route as war generals coming back from battles. Generals returning from battles would ride on great war horses, a sign of victory. But instead, Jesus does not ride on any royal steed or a war horse. He is riding simply on a, on a donkey. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah, the fulfillment of all those prophecies. Surely the one who is going to come and overthrow the Roman Empire and restore the Jewish people. He rides into Jerusalem and does nothing. What do you do when Jesus comes in and does nothing? He looks around like he's a tourist. He, he doesn't make any sacrifice. He doesn't make a great sermon on resisting the powers of be. He just shows up and does nothing. Riding on a donkey. With such a lead up like this, you would expect that he would at least do something important. Come on, at least choose to ride in on a stallion. Uh, but Jesus chooses a donkey. A donkey instead of a stallion. This whole scene is just crazy. But instead of choosing a war horse, Jesus chooses, to use the King James translation, Jesus chooses an ass. And I, for one, am glad he did. Jesus overlooks the strength of a horse and chooses an ass, like me. I don't know about you, 
but I take great comfort in that. God will overlook the strength and experience of a stallion and choose the least likely candidate for God's glory. God chooses the one that everyone thought would not be of use. God chooses the one that everyone overlooked and undervalued. In this text, Jesus demonstrates an unexplained awareness of three things. First, Jesus knew exactly where that donkey was. Second, he knew that the donkey was tied up. And finally, that the donkey had never been ridden on before. Jesus told his disciples where to go and find this donkey. I want to tell you today that God knows exactly where you are. God knows where you are in life. The situations that you're going through, God knows about the things that have you tied up. The donkey was tied to something that kept it in place, something that restricted its movement, tied up in a place that prevented it from being free to move about. Jesus knew that it was tied up, but still Jesus sent for the donkey anyway. God wants to use us even though we are tied up. Some of us are tied up in things that keep us bound and stranded and unproductive tied up in present situations, tied up in failures, tied up in past events, tied up in negativity, addictions, and bad habits, tied up in depression and low self-esteem and self-inflicted wounds, tied up, tied up in the idea that we are not good enough, that we can't accomplish anything in life, tied up. For too long we remain tied up. But the Bible says, Jesus sent the disciples to get that donkey. You might be tied up, but you are not forgotten. God sends people in your life in various seasons. They might simply speak a word. God will send someone when you least expected to speak something just for you. God might send a stranger to help you. Someone might offer you a word of hope. Sometimes we receive a bit of encouragement that will change our circumstances, but we have to be willing to accept this blessing in our lives. God said, I will comfort you in a time most needed. God knows that there will be opposition in your purpose and freedom. The Bible says that when Jesus sent the disciples out, Jesus gave them the word for the opposition that if anybody comes to you and asks you, what are you doing? Why are you untying the donkey? Tell them that the Lord needs it. Jesus anticipated the opposition to untying the donkey. When God starts working in our lives, untying us from the things that keep us bound, it is not at all unusual that at that time we will face the strongest opposition. The moment we decide to change, are often the moments that things are even harder. The world around us knows what to expect from us and wants us to stay just as we are. But God calls us to a life of joy, free from bondage, including the bondage of other people's expectations. The moment we decide to yield to God's spirit, we may face some of the hardest challenges we ever face. We face an opposition that tells us that we won't ever be truly free. 
Opposition that reminds us about our past. Opposition that tells us we're not worth it or that God can't use us. But in spite of the opposition, in spite of all the resistance to our freedom, to your purpose, God will still choose you. God knows who you are, what you are, and what you're capable of. Oh yes, verse 3 also tells us that the donkey was young. It says that the donkey had never been ridden before. The donkey was inexperienced in carrying the weight of a human being. The donkey was never trained and had no experience, and as such, surely it could not carry Jesus. I'm kind of bothered by this. I'm thinking that if Jesus is going to use a donkey, at least he should have an experienced donkey. Not riding on a war horse or a stallion, at least get a donkey that has some amount of abilities. But no, Jesus insists on using an untrained, unqualified, untested donkey for the challenge. And God will use us even if we are unqualified, untrained, unfit, unsuited, uneducated. God will still choose you. God will overlook people that have qualifications and choose you. God will use those that others overlook and underestimate. God will use whatever God chooses simply because God can. God doesn't need your opinion or suggestion or recommendation on who to use. God simply uses whoever God wills. God says, the donkey was there, go get it because I need it. The Lord has need of you. Jesus' disciples confront the opposition by saying, the Lord has need of it. It doesn't matter what you're going through. What things have you tied up? What things have you captive? Doesn't matter how inexperienced or unqualified you are, the Lord has need of you. And right now you're probably saying, well, Susan, you really don't know my past. Hold on. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how difficult things are in my life right now. You don't know. What do you mean God has need of me? How can God use me? I know that's a bold statement to make, that God will use sinners like us, that God will use people who aren't qualified to do great things, that God will use the least for the greatest work. It doesn't matter how badly you've messed up. I know how unqualified we think we are. God still has purpose for us. The Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of your talents. The Lord has need of your skills. The Lord has need of your gifts. The Lord knows your potential. If you can sing a song, then God needs that. If you can play an instrument, well, God needs that to do. God will untie you for your purpose. On that Palm Sunday, when people shouted, Hosanna, save us. I am here to tell you that your purpose is in the hands of God. God chooses to use whoever God wishes. God will use us despite everything. And in spite of being tied up, God can still use us simply because God can. 
The Lord has need of you. Please join me in the prayers of the people. Creator of the universe, 
redeemer of all creation. You made the world in beauty, yet too often it is filled with ugly realities. We trust that you are at work in all situations, restoring and renewing all things. On this day, we find courage of Jesus inspiring. So we pray that those in need will find such courage too as your gift to make a difference in the challenges that they face. Hear us as we bring to you our concerns and send your redeeming power to touch our lives and your world once more. Wherever people are oppressed by the powers of poverty, sickness, and grief, ease their pain and restore them to wholeness. Wherever people challenge regimes or systems marked by tyranny and brutality, encourage them with your spirit and lead them to liberty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Wherever people are burdened by the weight of hostility, greed, or jealousy, restore their strength to resist and to show them signs of hope. Wherever people are persecuted because of race or creed, or for the truth they tell, let your truth and justice prevail. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Wherever the earth cries out because people consume too much and ignore the danger signs, wherever care for the ground and water for endangered climate and endangered species defies human carelessness, let your love for the goodness of creation move the hearts of your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for your church in every place, whether it be fragile or strong, tired or energized, inspire us to be with your Holy Spirit and to offer ourselves in gratitude for the gift of Jesus Christ, serving creatively and courageously in his name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we are like the little donkey, tied up by our fears and our habits, by expectations of others. Untie us from all that prevents us from walking with you, serving you when you need us. Let us live into the life that you call us and redeem us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us as we pray to you in silence for those situations and people close to our hearts. In your grace and love, restore all things. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Now we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to that which is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.